welcome back to our Golden Twenties podcast. My name is Tegan and I'm joined with my co-host Sadie. Hello. And this week we are talking all about the things we've learned in the past 10 years because it's been 10 years since we graduated high school, went off to university, moved out, got our first jobs, all that good stuff. And so we're going to kind of reflect on the last 10 years. Yeah, it's so crazy that it's already been 10 years since we like moved out and started building our own lives. Like it's like that's a long time. But when I think of everything that's happened in that time, it's it feels like a lot, you know, and I feel like that's the thing about your 20s and obviously what we talk about so much on this podcast is just how much life changes as you go through your 20s. Yeah. So like when I moved to college, I was only 17 years old. Now I'm 27 and it's like that decade is so, I don't know, just so many curveballs and having to like yeah learn and readjust and figure things out as you go. So I feel like it's always nice just to use these like big milestones to reflect. And then also it's got me thinking, okay, what's next? You know, what do the next 10 years have in store for us? So I think we're going to talk about that as well. Yeah, I feel like like you were saying, it seems like not that long ago, but then if you think about all of the things that have happened like in the world, in our lives, totally. it is a really long time ago. And I've been going down this rabbit hole of watching like movies from our high school years. So I watched like Easy A and Twilight and these feel like modern movies to me, but then right. watching them, I'm like, if you were to show like a little kid this, they'd be like, why are they wearing that? Like, <laughs> look at their phones, you know? And that's how my brain just thinks the world still is in some ways. Yeah. But it isn't. Time's moving along. And then obviously with the pandemic too, uh, changing yeah. things. And with the internet, I feel like things change so fast now compared to back in the day. Like a decade is a big change. I feel totally. Like. Yeah. Like our jobs tag didn't even exist 10 years ago. <laughs> yeah. Like I know. since we work in social media, like, and we'll talk about all of this, like through the meaty part of this episode, but it's like, that's literally how much time has passed where when I was, yeah, I guess maybe we were grade 11, grade 12 when Instagram was born. Facebook was around before that, but they weren't like businesses and like monetizing no. based off advertising the way they are now. And that's what Tegan and I both do for a living. Yeah. So it's like literally 10 years ago, if you were like, what's your dream job? I wouldn't have even known that social media was an option. <laughs> And now here I am doing that day in and day out. Like, I feel that's just one example of a very, like, tangible example of how much things change. Yeah, 100%. So I think maybe we can start by, like, painting a picture for our listeners of what, like, Sadie 10 years ago was like, what Tegan 10 years ago was like, what our goals were. We're both from the same high school and from the same small town in Canada. But I do feel like I don't think me then would 
predict that we would be doing this 10 years from now. Like we were friends. Yeah. But not like, I don't know, besties who were like, we're going to like live our lives together and we're going to move to the same city. So I do think our goals at that time were different Mm -hmm. or I might've even thought like, I might not be friends with Sadie anymore. We're just going to go on our separate paths and that's life. So now it's weird to think that we've found each other again. Yeah. It kind of freaks me out how long we've known each other. <laughs> like I'm <I> like <laughs> there's and actually we were just talking about this where I'm like it must be so weird because I see Tegan's mom like quite frequently and I said to Tegan just a few weeks ago it's like it must be so weird being your mom because your mom has literally seen me and you grow up together like she knows three-year-old Sadie and my mom knows three-year-old Tegan and now you know I'm going out for dinner and drinks with you and your mom as 27 year old Sadie and I'm like this is the most Mm -hmm. bizarre thing or it must be the most bizarre thing because of course we've been friends for all this like time and I've obviously been living it but I don't remember it when I was like four years old you know what I mean even like thinking back to high school I'm like there's so much that I feel I've just like blocked slash erased from my memory Mm -hmm. where there's so many things I don't even remember but I don't know it is kind of funny we've been friends that long and it's so true like who would have thought 10 years later we'd have a podcast together talking about our life and us just being like the best of friends doing everything together honestly Tegan was has been like at all these music festivals like I was telling you guys last week and I'm like girl we need to go for a girls night I miss you I haven't seen you in like two weeks (laughs) but anyways (laughs) this is all besides the point um I love the idea of painting a picture and I also feel like just painting a picture of Sadie 10 years ago I feel like I'm a totally different person and I know that's such a big statement but I truly, truly feel that way where I'm like, I've done a complete 180 in my outlook on life. Like guys, we're getting deep. My mindset, like my, just like, not really my personality. I feel that's always kind of been the same, but just how I kind of interpret the world and like how I show up Mm -hmm. in the world too. So I know that's a huge statement, but I think I'll maybe kick us off just since I I can't just be like, so Tag, you kick us off after all that. <laughs> really, I feel like <laughs> me 10 years ago, me in high school and growing up, I've said this on the podcast before, but I was like a very angsty teenager. I feel like we did grow up in a super small ass town that didn't even have a mall, didn't have a movie theater. And I just felt so trapped in my small town growing up. And I was just, I feel like angsty because of that. Like, I don't know how to describe it. I'm also a Scorpio, so I feel like it's an amazing thing being a Scorpio, but when you don't know yourself and you don't, I don't know, when you're young, you're just kind of like really emotional, you're very moody, kind of like all of those negative traits as a Scorpio are very strong and I feel Scorpio kids because they're obviously still figuring it out. So I was moody, emotional. I felt like I was very defensive, felt like everyone was against me, kind of like it was the world against me kind of thing. And I remember just viewing moving to college. So 10 years ago, 
that was my ticket out of my small ass town into the city. And this is when my, in quotes, real life would start. And that's why I really was saying I feel like I've done a complete 180 from who I was 10 years ago because in my mind and even actually going back to me saying I feel like I've blocked out parts of my memory from like high school and before because truly that's how I viewed it where I was like this is a fresh chapter and this is me being able to be whoever the heck I want to be and this is when the plot gets good you know (laughs) for some (laughs) reason I always had that that like thought so Needless to say, I feel like there were a few other like small goals that I'd set for myself, but this was actually also around the time that I started getting really into astrology. And I vividly remember right before moving to college, I was for some reason looking up my horoscope and my horoscope for 2013 was all about how this is going to be such a transformational year of my life. So I printed it out and I put it on my whiteboard and then I took that to college with me and I remember being like, let's fucking go. This is it. Like this is the (laughs) transformation I needed. So yeah, I feel like that's kind of my mindset then. I definitely had the dream of living in the city. That was really my number one goal, getting out of my small town, moving to the biggest city in Canada. I dreamed of working in the fashion industry, wanted to live out my Devil Wears Prada life. And this is going to come back around later in this episode. And it might sound kind of weird, but another big goal that I had was wanting a best friend who was exactly like me. And this goes back to being like a really emotional, angsty kid as I just felt so, (laughs) I feel like this is so deep and like just kicking off the episode. (laughs) I'm just like laying it all on you guys. But I just felt very like alone and isolated. And I just remember really wanting a best friend who was exactly like me. So that was a goal that I had. And I was like, I'm finally going to meet this person and like my best friend in college, in the city, you know. And then another goal that I had once I moved to college and started living on my own, but with roommates, was that I wanted to live on my own by the time I was 25. And I wanted to have space in order to take in friends and family. I wanted to be the Monica Geller of the group and just. Basically, I knew I wanted to live on my own. I had no intentions of moving back to my small town, and I wanted to be able to help people because I was obsessed with the friend, the show Friends and also girls at the time. So for some reason, I set that <laughs> as a goal in like my first year of college. But yeah, I, I feel like that's maybe more than you bargained for when you were like, let's paint a picture. But that was me 10 years ago. <laughs> Love it. Feels like it was only yesterday. (laughs) That's why it's even more amazing. Yeah. (laughs) No, I know. Yeah, I feel like I was coming, I think, from a very similar place of like, I wanted to leave my hometown when I was in high school, especially towards the end. I was very anxious where I was having like nonstop anxiety attacks I was having this terrible like lockjaw where sometimes I couldn't even go to class because I was grinding my teeth so hard that like my jaw would like seize up and I was just like very stressed and again like you very emosh and so on a whim I chose to major in film just because like I liked watching movies so then it was like 
I don't know. I guess I could just watch movies and then get a degree. And I specifically picked a university where it was really easy to change your major because I realized how silly it was to kind of pick just based off of the fact that I liked movies. And so I really wanted to figure out my passion. I, you know, obviously I liked watching movies, but I was like, doesn't everyone like watching movies? I've since learned that there's like very few people who enjoy watching (laughs) movies as much as I enjoy watching movies. So it was a good choice. But obviously at the time, that seems a little silly. And I really wanted to sort of figure out who I was because I think a lot of my anxiety was maybe rooted in that, that there was this pressure building up of me having to become something great, but not knowing what that should be and then there was a fear around you know making the wrong decision I applied you know to go to school to be a music therapist and I was looking into schools going for a hockey scholarship and I was just like how do you pick which one of these and you know like I said I got accepted for film at Brock University and then as soon as I got that acceptance letter I was like okay no this is it like I literally don't care about any other school this is what I'm going for this will date things at the time they had a viral Harlem Shake video so I was like wow seems like a pretty fun school (laughs) they've got the Harlem Shake going on and with my acceptance letter it came with like a baggie of confetti this was like a big thing like they were trying to be like cool yeah I was like okay it didn't feel like stuffy or it didn't feel like I don't know picking up your high school schedule and it's like just course numbers printed on a paper I don't know. It felt exciting to me. So I was stoked about that. And I was really open to kind of figuring out who I was. Like I stopped doing a lot of the things that I was doing in high school. Like I played so much hockey in high school. I played at a very high level for women. And so that was like two practices a week, two games a week, like very time consuming I stopped doing that I played the violin I stopped doing that I danced I stopped doing that and I was like I'm just going to focus on my school and figure out who I am and that's kind of what happened like within the my second day I met my now husband and I feel like meeting him and his friend group really impacted who I am now 10 years later and I'm sure he would say the same Um, and so I think that that was a big part of it but then there was also still a lot of individual journeys that I was going on and I think Mm -hmm. continue to go on yeah I love that so much. There's the story. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, no wonder. Well, first of all, it's like, I guess, no wonder we didn't know we'd still be friends. We were both clearly very in our feels. Like, yeah. You know, we're like, fuck this town. (laughs) We're out. Like, you're all dead to me. See you never. (laughs) So it makes it even more amazing that we're actually like best friends 10 years later. (laughs) Yeah. But wow, that's crazy. I. And it's also just so interesting to hear it all from your perspective, like what you were going through and like, I don't know, reflecting back on that and then knowing all the things that you've done in the past 10 years. Like, I'm loving this episode. This is is fun. (laughs) 
It's just us bragging about how great we are. We're like, we <laughs> left our hometown. <laughs> Ten years later, we're the best. But... <laughs> so funny. Well, I feel like um, that was a really great way to, like you said, set the scene Talk about what we had envisioned for ourselves 10 years ago. And I think before we jump into, you know, some of the lessons we've learned along the way, just in general, Tag, would you say you are like 27 year or 28 year old Tegan is living the life 18 year old Tegan dreamed of or hoped she would live? Or do you think things did you maybe not really have a clear picture of that and you feel like you're you know, kind of, what's the word I want to say? Like blowing yourself away kind of thing, being like, damn, yeah, I do got this. Like, what are your overall thoughts? If you, if you were like 18 years old looking at your life now, how would you feel? Yeah, I feel like at the time I couldn't really picture an ideal life. Just, Mm -hmm. I think because of my mental health struggles. So I think if I told like 17 or 18 year old Tegan um, where my life was now that they would be impressed. I think especially like working in film and television. Yeah. She would think that that was cool. I don't know how she would feel about being married. That's what I'm, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know. She'd probably like it. (laughs) She'd probably be impressed I had a boyfriend at all, to be honest. I feel she would like it knowing that your husband is in a band. You know, it's like, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, you're married, but it's like, but your husband's in a band and high school Tegan would be yeah, like, okay, if I'm going to be married, it's going to be to a bass player of some kick-ass band. Yeah. Yeah. I think she would be disgusted that my husband has a mustache. She would be like, (laughs) what the actual hell? hey that's rock and roll okay (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's funny do you you think you imagined yourself eventually living in toronto sorry i'm now like asking probing questions assuming the role of your therapist to really just (laughs) hit this reflection home (laughs) i don't think so i i didn't really know what job i wanted yeah i think coming from a small town like everyone else who was in my film program they had like made films and they had film courses in their high school we like barely had a computer lab like (laughs) we were struggling and so I was like I like films I'll go where and then I got to university and everyone was like I'm here to become a director Mm. and I was like I don't really even know what a director does right and Like, I remember in one of our first classes, our prof was like, raise your hand if you want to be a director. And it was like every single person but me put up their hand. And so I didn't really know. I thought for a while I wanted to be an editor, but that was like a little later. And that is like what I do now, but I don't edit movies like I would have wanted. So I don't really know because the reason I live in Toronto is because that's where my work is right and so like I had moved around like my school was in St. Catharines I had moved to London for a year at one point I moved home every summer so I wasn't really sure it was always like foggy I guess the future Mm -hmm. to me I couldn't picture it yeah that's very fair 
I feel like my experience was different because the one and only thing I really wanted was to live in the city. And I was like, and I'd love Mm. to work in fashion, you know? So I feel like 17-year-old Sadie looking at my life now would be like, yes, girl, this is what we wanted. Like living on your own, you have a cute apartment in the city, you're killing it. And I think when it comes to the job front, I, like I said, my current job, it existed, but in a totally different capacity 10 years ago. And I remember doing so many quizzes on, you know, what I should do for a dream job. And I don't know, like things that trying to come up with a title, essentially, that would define my dream Mm. job. And really, I didn't know what it would be. I think I had to go through my college program and to be honest, even start working to even know the options kind of like you said tag where it was like I didn't even know what a director did and I went to fashion school and I was like I don't know what a buyer does I don't know what a marketing team Mm -hmm. does like what's product development like I didn't know really any of this until I started learning about it and then eventually started working for a retail company where I could actually see what these teams do on a day-to-day and how they work together so I think 17-year-old Sadie, like I said, wanted to work in the fashion industry. It was all inspired by like Devil Wears Prada. So I like imagined myself working for a print magazine and studying like communications and things like that. So I feel like I kind of do that, just not for a magazine and again, took kind of a roundabout way to do it. I also left the fashion industry for two years just working in marketing, but it was like one of the best moves I've made in my career. So I feel like there's little details about my life where I'd be like, huh, that's interesting. Why did you do that? Or like, hmm, I I don't know, things I would feel indifferent about, but I feel like overall 17-year-old Sadie would be like, yep, this is what this is what we had wanted. You're officially living your real <laughs> life now. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Yeah. Well, I think both of us, at least from the small town perspective, would be considered successful. Yeah. I think so. I'd like to think so. I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. I was once asked to come back to our small small town uh, library to speak. And I did. And I spoke all about my little career. And that was like two months into my first big girl job That's they were like damn what a success so <laughs> I think so <laughs> <laughs> I love that so much I hope you have that on your resume no I'm kidding <laughs> yeah <laughs> I like forgot about it but something recently reminded me and I was like yeah that was weird that, I why did they that. even ask me yeah <laughs> that's so cool okay so let's jump into the next part They obviously asked you for a reason. It's because you were learning lessons along the way. You had your (laughs) shit figured out. Yeah. So, Teg, tell us what were some of these, like, key lessons you've learned over the past 10 years, especially when it comes to, like, starting university and, you know, taking on that next phase of your life post high school. Yeah. Well, I think I have three sort of lessons I learned in university specifically. The first one is the one piece of advice I would give to like anyone who's starting university or if you're American, you call that college. 
And it's being organized with your time and priorities is much more important than being smart. And this is something someone told me, I can't remember who, but they were like, university is just about time management. Literally, that is it. And so I saw classmates of mine who better grasp the material and concepts and were better filmmakers who failed because they left things to the last minute or they forgot about assignments. And it's like, it doesn't matter that you understood the textbook better than me. I got the assignment in on time. So even though some of the things were wrong, it was on time and that is what matters. So that's my number one piece of advice. The second thing I wanted to share is that authority isn't bad. I feel like in high school, teachers really drill in like you won't be able to pull this kind of stuff at university. They lock the doors once class starts or like they are not going to remind you about assignments where I actually found it was the opposite where at least at my university, our profs were so chill. Like they, you know, if they were running behind half the time, cause they're like, Oh, I dropped my coffee on the way here. So I had to go back to Tim's and get a new one. And, you know, it was much more of like a friendly learning experience and a lot less of like, I am in charge right now. And so, again, I saw classmates fail because they were scared of the professors and they wouldn't want to ask them for help. They wouldn't go to their office hours. They wouldn't speak up during class because they were scared. And like, I'm a shy person. I was very anxious, but I went out of my way to be like friendly with my profs and friendly with my TAs and show them that I was putting in the effort. If I had an essay I was working on, I would bring it to their office hours and be like, can you look at this? And half the time they were stoked that someone showed up because they just have to sit there. And then it makes a difference because it's like they all knew my name. If there was a problem with something, they would give me the benefit of the doubt. So like, I know that Tegan's trying hard and she's, you know, showing up and doing her best. So that's another thing I wanted to share and then the last thing is that not everyone is a forever friend and so I feel like this was something I learned in first year coming from a small town I felt like everyone was kind of friendly like Mm -hmm. I knew most people in my high school I could talk to them they would know my name I would know their name and I could call them a friend we had each other on Facebook or like MSN or whatever and so going into university a week I was like okay these people are my friends we got to stick together where you learn like some of these people like they just stop being your friends after that first week and that's okay mm-hmm. some people could be lifelong friends but literally 99% of the people I met my first week of university I probably don't even remember their names anymore and so that was a big thing I learned coming from such a small town where everyone knows everyone to my university wasn't even that big but it was just a difference and a lesson I learned pretty quickly I love that you give me some major nostalgia talking about MSN (laughs) even just like office hours with your profs like I was like I'm literally yeah thrown back 10 years but I feel like those are all such important lessons and again they're things that like nobody told you you know like you had to go through it to learn it so I love that I think mine lessons that I learned through university are more things just about like 
learning who you are and things like that because I really find I don't know still I I know I said to you guys how like the goal for me was to move to Toronto like that was my bigger goal over going to college and university like college and university was my way of achieving that goal so I don't know I've just been someone who's not really been excited about school I like to learn but I'm don't I've never like I don't know compared to my two older sisters I'm not a school person so my college Mm -hmm. university experience for me was all about learning who I am and how to be an adult and like how to build an independent Mm -hmm. life so I feel like that's was a lot of my key takeaways from it too and a lot of the lessons I learned so the first lesson I wanted to share with you guys is a no-brainer it's me in a nutshell but that self-awareness is key and I'm gonna go back to how I kind of started this episode talking about how I really wanted a best friend who was exactly like me and that was like a huge goal for me because I feel like again I just wanted someone I could like chat through my emotions with and you know to encourage me and support me things like that and not piss me off in the like process of that which is (laughs) such a funny thing to say now but that's just who I was 10 years ago where now I feel like what this has turned into is really me befriending myself and learning to love myself, Mm. becoming my own cheerleader. And I know that's like such a cliche, but I really feel like it is such a core part of my identity now. And it's like why I love having this podcast to like spread advice and like chat through things. So you guys can also hopefully develop self-awareness in your own life too. Like it's just that important to me. So I really started on this through journaling and getting into self-help books and listening to self-help podcasts and things like this through college. Um, And I feel like why I think it's so important and why I can look back on it 10 years later is because it really has transformed kind of like I said, my outlook and my mindset, everything about me where I feel like I can process my emotions now, even on my own. And I don't need that friend to, you know, be there for me. I can really help myself through any situation and I can calm myself down when I get mad or I can hype myself up when I'm feeling unmotivated. And I feel like that's really kind of the ultimate goal. And I think I also feel a lot more at peace and just fulfilled because I know what I'm passionate about. I know what I value. I know what my interests are, what my goals are, what motivates me. I know what my strengths and weaknesses are. And I've just been really dedicated on learning this and use my time, you know, my fresh start moving to college as a way to learn all of this about myself. And I think part of that is also, again, going to say how you go through so many different phases, especially through your 20s. I think figuring out who you are is great. Having a you know, future vision for yourself is also great, but you might also be holding on to past versions of yourself. So tag for you, you were saying like how you stop playing hockey, stop playing violin, you know, things like that. And it's like, Mm -hmm. I feel there can be an identity crisis around things like that when you start shedding who you used to be so you can grow into who you want to become. And that's a lot harder than Mm -hmm. you maybe realize. So I definitely went through that. I continue to go through that. And I know All of us will always go through that. You know, as soon as you become one thing, you look to grow to become the next thing. Um, So I don't know. I just feel like 
the whole self-awareness piece is super key um, and definitely something that I learned a lot about through my college experience. Part of that was also Mm. I really had this vision for who my best self was and what my dream life looked like. And I think something I learned is that you can create that, like you create your reality. And if you have a dream, you have a goal and you are actively working towards it, there's a very high chance that that goal will come to life. And if you want something bad enough, you're not going to give up on it. You're not going to stop until it's yours. So for me, you know, that looks like moving to the city, looks like maybe it looks like working in the fashion industry, even though it is in a different capacity than I thought. It looks like living on my own. Like these were things that were non-negotiables for me. So I made them work even if they didn't seem realistic 10 years ago. I didn't know how, but I knew I wanted it and I figured it out. So definitely think uh, that was another lesson I learned. And then the last thing, kind of, I feel you said something, Tag, earlier that related to this, but something else that I learned through college and again, still continue to learn and remind myself is that all of us go through life in our own ways and at our own pace. And I think, you know, as much as I'm talking about, it's great to have self-awareness and, you know, learn who you want to be and chase after that version of yourself. I feel like for me, I spent so much of my time and effort figuring that out. And a lot of that was through journaling independently by myself, where Teg, you said, you know, you met your now husband the second day of college and university, and he helped you figure that out. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you guys figured it out together. And college, Sadie, was very much like, my way is the right way. My way is the only way that matters. Everyone Mm -hmm. should do everything just like me, you know, but it's because that what I was doing felt right to me. So of course, you know, it made sense to me. And I just think it was a very negative way to look at things since just because it felt right to me doesn't mean it would feel right to everyone else. And just because I was finding fulfillment, Mm -hmm. doing my self-discovery journey on my own in my journal and listening to podcasts doesn't mean that's how everyone learns about themselves, you know? So I don't know. I think even as I get older, this is still something I have to remind myself and come back to as, you know, my friends start getting married and having kids or moving out of the city. It's like there's nothing wrong with that, you know, and it's, I guess, scary when things change and it can be hard when things change. But we're all just doing what feels right to us. And that feels and looks different for everyone. So I don't know. That was something else that I a big theme I've learned and continue to learn to this day. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah. I feel like a lot of your lessons are things that are applicable throughout your life. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. And the interesting thing is thinking like, this is one of those things that it's like easy to come up with these themes in retrospect, like at the time, I wasn't like, I'm journaling yeah. so I can build self-awareness. It was like, I'm journaling yeah. because I need to rant my shit out. You know what I mean? Like, I'm yeah. writing a goal list because, I don't know, that's what I yeah. wanted to do. It wasn't like, oh, because I'm envisioning my dream life. So I feel like, again, it's easy to like summarize what I was doing 10 years down the line. But in the moment, I was just kind of making it up. And this is 
where it ended up landing. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> awesome. Did we want to talk about lessons we learned at our first jobs? Yeah, let's do it. Yeah, I think we both, I don't know, how old are you when you start like your first real job? Like 21 or 22? Yeah, I think it depends how long your program is. Like school? Yeah, my college program was only three years. So I started my first job at 20 years old. But I feel like a lot of people are 21, 22. Yeah. Yeah. I think I must have been 21. And I had had like summer jobs, but they were all student jobs. But they were like what I call big girl jobs before that I worked at a Wendy's. And these were like an office job and stuff. But uh, my first like actual real nine to five job I learned a couple of lessons and this was the job where like I had moved to the city for it and like my then boyfriend now husband was starting to work his first job and so the first thing I learned is that sometimes people just don't like you and like there's literally nothing you can do about it and I think coming from a place where everyone's kind of equal like at school everyone's nice to each other because you have to but then entering a new job where you're like the absolute bottom of the food chain if people don't like you they don't have to be nice to you because (laughs) they've been there longer yeah (laughs) and so that was something I learned where I was like what the hell this is how the world works yes it is And, you know, it's a reflection on them, not on you. But I feel like that was kind of a shock entering the workforce. Another thing I realized is how expensive it is to work. Like when I first got my first job offer, I was like, oh, my God, that much money. I can't believe it. Thinking back, it's like that is no money at all. I think it was. Oh gosh, I wish I could remember. It was either 30k or 35k a year, which living in Toronto, even though this was a while ago, that is not a lot of money. And like I could not afford to buy the clothes that I needed to be wearing to go to work. Right. And you know, I wanted to get a haircut before I started. Haircuts are really expensive. Transit to get to work costs money. Like I had to get a transit pass, which at the time was like a hundred and something bucks a month. And, you know, I was always working late, so I didn't have time to make lunches, buying lunches out. All of this stuff adds up. And so it's possible that your first couple of paychecks are just going to go towards paying that stuff off. And I feel like that was something I didn't realize at all. Another piece of advice, which is something someone told me at this first job, and I think I've talked about this before, but it's if something is at 90%, think of how you can push it to be 100%. And think of how anything you do, you could push it to make it easier for anyone else. And so... Whether it's like if you're sending out a meeting invite, you're explaining what the meeting is in the description instead of just sending it and being lazy. It's actually explaining things in your email subject line. It's if, you know, you're sending a bunch of folders to someone, organize the folders, label the folders, color coordinate them. 
like little things like that that take very little time make a big difference. And then the last thing is to treat everyone with respect especially like I was always told going into a job interview be really really nice to the receptionist and that's what I did and that's how I ended up getting my first job is they asked her who did she like and she liked me the best and you know the same for cleaners and everything because like these are people that you work with every day (laughs) so you have to be nice to them and it's a really small industry two weekends ago I met someone from the show Outlander, which is like, you know, it's on Netflix, this big show. And his mom recognized me because (laughs) he used to be, he's a Canadian actor, was on all these Canadian film sets that my company worked on. And like, if you would have asked me before this, did I know anyone in Outlander? I'd be like, no, that would be crazy. And then sure enough, this actor's mom knows me through work. So if I had been like snarky Mm -hmm. five years ago to the child actor's mom, she would know. And now the whole cast of Outlander would know. Whereas like, because you're nice, everyone thinks of you as nice, you know, like it's just, this is a huge industry, it seems in a huge city But in reality, like the amount of people I run into over and over and over again, sure, we're in the biggest city in Toronto, but it's still pretty small, especially Mm -hmm. when you're in a specific industry. So that was the last thing that I was going to share. I love that. That's so funny. I feel that actually transitions into my first uh, thing I learned building my career and, you know, through my first job. And that was to build or that is to build a personal brand and your network. And I think it goes to exactly what you're saying, Tag, where it's like you never know who you're going to meet, when you're going to potentially need them or leverage them to get a step ahead in your career. So yes, treat everyone Mm -hmm. with respect and be nice. But I think it's also just building, when I say building a brand, I feel like that kind of has a cliche and I don't know. I feel that's such a hot topic these days in the world of social Mm -hmm. media and things. But what I mean is just, you know, kind of it ties into this whole self-awareness where it's like, know what you're passionate about and what you value and then embody that in your work and Mm -hmm. in your life in every way possible so that when someone and kind of use that as a way to to connect with like-minded people. So this might be in or outside of your professional career, even in your personal life. But I think it goes back to what you were just saying, Tag, where it's like when someone thinks of Tagin or when they see you or when somebody sees me or thinks of my name, there might be certain words or you know thoughts mm-hmm. that come to mind for that person and you want them to be something that will essentially help you and benefit you, especially when it comes to your career. So if it's, you know, people, somebody saying, oh, I need someone who like, this could be complete random strangers being like, hey, do you know anybody who can help me with my social media advertising? And this person I worked with once three years ago was like, hey, yeah, like I'll reach out to Sadie. Maybe she's taking on freelance clients. Like you just never know when these things are going to come up. But if you have a personal brand, again, where people know who you are, what you're about, what you're good at, and you have that network, 
it can really help you build your career um, in like really huge ways. So that was the probably the first and biggest thing I've learned. Definitely not easy to do to build a personal brand. But again, I think, you know, the more this actually kind of goes into my second point. Um, but the more you kind of learn about yourself, the easier it is to identify that brand and to build it. The second point I have is you don't know what you don't know. And that's kind of, I don't know, where this kind of comes from is the whole idea of me not knowing what I wanted to do in the fashion industry. I just knew I wanted to be in the fashion industry because I came from, again, a super small town that similar didn't have a film industry have a film industry at all in the town didn't have a fashion industry Mm -hmm. we didn't have those classes in school like I didn't know anything about this I just knew I wanted to work in it and then you know once I got to college I was able to narrow down okay this is again what a buyer does what a product developer does what a marketing person does what a I don't know all these different things I learned about that I was you know really active in my classes and participated and engaged and I also was asking questions and figuring out how I can you know tweak my projects to be more fulfilling to me and through that I learned what I wanted to do and I think you know if you're someone who is in high school right now and you're making that decision where it's like what school do I want to go to what college program do I want to apply for what is my what do I want to be when I grow up? It's really hard to come up with that when you've never actually done that job before and likely never done anything like that job before. So I think I always viewed that as kind of like a a scary thing, I guess, but it was also very much if I did something and it wasn't right, like it didn't feel right, it... Um, wasn't what I thought it would be. I always kind of viewed that as a failure where I was like, oh, why did I just waste all that time? Why did I do that? But it's like, well, I didn't know that that was going to make me feel unfulfilled or like I didn't know I wasn't going to like it. So it's just really Mm -hmm. changing my perception around viewing everything as a learning experience and that trial and error is a good thing. And all of these things, you know, as you live it out while you experience new things if that's in your personal life in your professional life all of this is helping you figure out what you are kind of making how do I word this it's just kind of better setting you up for success to know what you do want and making decisions based off of that setting goals based off of that so I think it's just though important to take it back to the basics of you don't know what you don't know so take the pressure off yourself (laughs) (laughs) I love that. Yeah, I totally agree with all of your points. So I guess now that we've sort of reflected on the last 10 years, do we want to talk about the next 10 years? What they'll look like? Will we still be friends? Will we still have this (laughs) podcast? (laughs) We better still be friends. Who knows knows about the podcast, but... (laughs) You're stuck Our with me now. Thirties. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't there like there's some sort of um, saying? I don't know if it's fact based or what. Where it's like if you've been friends with someone for seven years, they're a lifelong friend at this point, or something oh. like this. So it's like making it to the seven year mark is the hard part. Past seven years, you're in it for the long haul. I don't know. Whoa. 
Yeah. All of this to say, sorry, Tag, but wow. you're stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. I'm good with that. I think this is something I feel like we talked about not too long ago, thinking about oh, yeah, like maybe. Or maybe it was our next five years. But typing it out today, my answers were already slightly different from when okay. I came up with that like a couple months ago. So love it. Okay, give us the updated list. I'm intrigued now. Yeah. Some of these are the same. Like I said, I wanted to own property. I feel like I said that before. I want to continue to build my home, turn a house into a home, that kind of vibe. want to continue to travel. I really would like to do Europe because I feel like that's like a big endeavor where it's good to be younger and it's good to do before you have kids, that kind of thing. Maybe have kids. I don't know. We'll see. I'd like to, in 10 years, have a routine that works and sort of, I don't know. I feel like I'm still figuring out, like, what's my morning routine? What's my night routine? What's mm-hmm. my weekly workout routine actually look like? I'm still figuring it out. I would like to have figured out some of that stuff in 10 years because it's exhausting. <laughs> I think I would like to be a mentor to people. This is something mm. I've been thinking about a lot because I am in like a mentorship group but as a mentee Mentee. I don't know if that's what they're called but yep so that's something that's sort of interesting to me obviously aligned to what we do in the podcast is something I value and I would like to invest in myself and give myself the okay for big purchases if it's a step towards being the best version of myself I feel like I always choose the cheapest thing Mm. when sometimes it's like, you don't have to do that. If you want the fancier thing, you can just have it. I was looking at gym memberships and I was like, you just pick the cheapest one. Right. But then I saw someone on TikTok talking about how, you know, being in a nicer gym has value because they have, you know, better classes and that kind of thing. But then you're also surrounded by other high value people who are, you're building your network in that way. And I was like, I never even thought of that. And then I was thinking about all the ways I'm stuck because I just always go with the cheapest option when I don't have to anymore. Mm -hmm. So that was something I would like to work on in the next 10 years. I'd like to become a better cook, maybe have some passive income, figure out how to be fulfilled creatively. I spend a lot of my time thinking about how I can monetize my creativity rather than being creative, right? which is bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should just be creative. And if <laughs> you make money off it, that's good. And I would like to continue to work in the arts. I'm not sure in what way, but I think I would be sad if in 10 years it was like, I do marketing for a bank or something. Mm. I mean, yeah. that said, maybe if I was like really rich, I wouldn't I be as sad. <laughs> <laughs> that but, might unlock some additional financial security that helps fund those big purchases. Yeah. But it's okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think thinking forward, I would be disappointed if I wasn't working in the arts in some way. So that's my little vision for myself at... 38. I love that. 
girl i'm cheering you on i yeah. feel like you're making <laughs> such like good progress towards all of these things so i see this for you all of it that's so great thanks what about you um okay mine so the first thing i have in here i think i said in that episode you were talking about tag First thing, I want to live in a townhouse. I don't care if I own it. I don't care if I rent it. <laughs> but the next apartment that I will live in or the next place that I'll live in will be a townhouse. I still want to live in Toronto. I mm. don't plan on moving anytime soon, not in the next 10 years. But that is what I envision for myself. Um, and I don't know why, but that's what I envision. <laughs> I also want to find my person, find my man, my partner. Mm -hmm. Somebody who can take on life with me because life only gets more chaotic as you get older, as we all know. And I've come to the conclusion that while it's great to be independent, I have nothing to prove and I don't need to do this on my own. So time to get me a man. <laughs> so I better be in a relationship in the next 10 years. And with that, I would love to settle down a little bit. This is, again, nowhere near now but 10 years from now mm -hmm. it'd be nice to settle down have a dog maybe have kids really depends who I end up with what you know we see for our life together but I'm definitely open to having kids but also don't think it's like necessary like I've never dreamed of being a mom so I want to leave it on the table but who knows what will happen on the opposite hand, I can picture a lot of my family and my friends having kids in the next 10 years. So what I'm more excited about than having my own kids is them having kids and me being that fun auntie. <laughs> you know, like the auntie that's like really well-dressed, just came back from some exotic trip. She's got like a designer bag. Mm -hmm. Like that is who I aspire to be. So if I have my own kids, great. But even if I don't, I want to be that cool aunt for my nieces and nephews, mm -hmm. for my sisters, and then any friends that have kids. I don't know. That's what I envision for myself. And I think on the work front, I am – really loving my career. I feel like I've made good progress in the past 10 years of building it and I really am passionate about what I do. So I see myself in the next 10 years becoming a director or VP of marketing for some sort of company, probably a retail company. Don't know if it's fashion related or not, but that's what I see for myself. I feel like that role more so than an industry and also, I've mentioned this on the podcast many times, but another life goal I've always had for myself is to have my own business. So I feel like in the next 10 years, maybe I'm some boss bitch at a corporate company, but maybe I also have my own little side business happening um, that is fulfilling to me and finally me living out my dream of having my own business. And the last thing... I had on here is just learning to invest my money better because I feel like I'm doing okay on savings and managing my lifestyle. Obviously, I was just talking about being well-dressed and owning a designer handbag. <laughs> so I <laughs> want to make a lot of money, but at the same time, I want to make sure I'm, you know, 10 years from now, I'll be like close to 40 and I feel like 
I want to be seeing really great uh, returns on like my retirement savings plans and things like that. So just trying to make my money work hard for me in 10 years rather than always working Mm -hmm. hard for my money, if that makes sense. Yeah. Love it. I feel like a lot of our goals are similar and aligned. And like you said, I feel like we're on a good path to reach them. Yeah. I love it. And hopefully we still do have this podcast. Who knows what podcasting will look like in 10 years. Maybe there'll be something else, but I feel like that's true. It'll be so fun to sit down 10 years from now and be like, okay, guys, welcome back to our golden 20s. Let's talk about the past 10 years. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. That'll be crazy. Yeah. We'll still have the same like viral TikToks getting comments (laughs) daily. (laughs) We'll still be getting hate on videos from 10 years ago. (laughs) Absolutely. But what I love so much about this episode and you know, the note we're ending on is I think a lot of people, myself included, can get really freaked out about the future. And, you know, when you think about, Mm -hmm. and you can also really beat yourself up about the past even. So it's like reflecting on the past 10 years. I think Tegan and I were extremely, you know, positive. We're like proud of ourselves. We're happy with the progress we've made. But I know that's not the case for everyone. And again, life throws curveballs at us all the time. And, you know, it's really just unpredictable all the time. We go up through ups and downs all the time. So I feel like giving yourself grace, you know, keeping that in mind and remembering that if you start reflecting on your own past 10 years and going back to thinking in the future, like I think it really can be an exciting thing and can be something that's motivating and, you know, inspiring to you rather than freaking out you know like I don't view for instance I don't view not being in a relationship as a failure from the past 10 years and I don't find it like an impossible mission for the future 10 years you know it's like this is something I want you know now we're gonna chase it make it happen so it really is a mindset thing which I know is a annoying thing to hear but just in case this sparks some thoughts in our listeners minds just some additional things to keep in mind to be kind to yourself when doing these types of reflections and planning things, I guess. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Awesome. Well, that's it, guys. We've rambled on long enough about the past 10 years and the future 10 years. This episode's turning into being 10 years long. So let's wrap it up (laughs) with that. Um, Thanks for listening. We drop a new episode every Tuesday, so please subscribe and follow us on whatever podcast app you're listening to this. Also give us a rating and a review. Those really help us out and help us grow our podcast. You can also find us at Our Golden Twenties. Wait, you can also find us on social media at Our Golden Twenties. <laughs> That's TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest. We have Spotify playlists as well. So go find us on all the social channels. Give us a follow there. We also are on Patreon, which is the best way to support the podcast for as little as $2 a month. So we would really appreciate it if you checked us out there as well. But that's everything for today, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.